Welcome to Art Talks. I'm your host, Richard Codd, and I want to thank you for joining us here today on KZMU for another edition of Southern Utah's premier show about the arts. On today's show, we'll hear from Natalie Binder about Camp V, located in Van Corum, Colorado, which is right outside Naturita. Camp V offers restored cabins, uh, Airstream trailers, luxury glamping tents, and full RV hookups um, with an emphasis in the, in the campground on the arts. Uh, when I got there, I had this feeling of a, of a mini Burning Man. So anyway, we'll hear from Natalie a little later. But first, joining me here in the studio today is Sherry Michonne. Sherry is a local artist here in Moab, and she works in uh, a number of, of media, and you can see her work on display at the Moab Gallery on Main Street. So, uh, welcome to Art Talks. Hi, Richard. Thank you. H- how did you first get interested in art? Probably the sixth grade. We had, <laughs> I know, <laughs> Well, we had a, so, you know, I went to an elementary school where sixth grade was the final grade. You graduated from there, and then you went on to junior high. Right. And uh, so every graduating class, sixth grade class, had to do some sort of project that would stay with the school after you left. And our project, what they did is they took uh, a wall in the the hallway, and they painted it like an ocean scene. So I I went to school in Rhode Island, so that was... Hence the ocean scene. And then we all had to... Um, little Roadie. Little Roadie. Yes. Yep. I told you it's uh, one of my favorite states. Yeah. It's the uh, smallest state with the biggest name. Hey, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I know the answer. Uh-huh. Is? Is, is. It is the state of Rhode Island and Providence Plantations. Yay. <laughs> That's a trivial pursuit question, actually. Yeah, yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So we had to come up with a fish. We all had mm-hmm. to make a fish out of ceramics, out of clay. And um, they gave us a couple days to think about it, and I couldn't sleep. I would just, I, I was just so excited about making this fish, and I had no idea what kind of fish I was going to make. And I combed all the books in the library, you know, and, and I, I decided on a hammerhead shark. Huh. I still remember, and he was yellow and purple, and his head was purple and his body was yellow. And uh, for all I know, he's still hanging on the wall uh, in the, in at, at Greenwood School, Greenwood Elementary School in Warwick, Rhode Island. Wow. So, and, and, and that's your intro. That's that was my intro to art. I knew then I was in trouble. Well, so. I gather it's been a long journey since then. <laughs> it has. It has. What, what kind of training have you had as an artist? Um, I went to, I have a Bachelor of Fine Art. So I went to Chapman University in Orange, California. And um, I studied, uh, it was a studio art. They didn't have, I wanted to, ceramics is what I wanted to take. And they did have a ceramics program, but you couldn't major in ceramics. You could major in drawing, you could major in painting, um, you could major in photography. But ceramics has always kind of been the evil stepchild Uh-oh. for the fine arts. It's considered more of a craft than okay. it is. So we, ha- okay. we could take ceramics classes, but we couldn't focus in ceramics so i focused just i just did a broad studio okay. art um program okay uh, and um so w- where did you live you you were you lived in rhode island and then how did you end up in moab 
Um, my mom moved um, me when when my parents divorced. She moved to Salt Lake City because her sister was in the Air Force at, and stationed at Hills Air Force Base. Oh, okay. So when I was sixteen, I was relocated to mm-hmm. Salt Lake, mm-hmm. and I would go to down to Moab um, to just for vacation and things like that. So fell in love with it, and I knew that someday, like a lot of folks that you talk to, someday I would end up. It was my dream. To, to come to Moab one day and be an artist. Wow. Yeah. So, I, yeah. I've made it happen. You've made, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So let's talk about your art. And I know it's on display now currently at the gallery. And I've, I've seen some of those. Are, are, do you have works in other uh, places here in town? I do. I have um, the, uh, Tumbleweed. Uh, also on Main Street, mm-hmm. I have I have a lot of work there, and oh. and then I have little things. So I have cards at the Canyonlands, at the Copy Center, and um, I'm trying to think where else I and I just okay. put some things in a little gallery in Torrey, Utah, over the over the weekend. Oh, so, oh yeah. Okay. So we'll see how that goes, and yeah. So I'm kind of starting to branch out a little bit. Okay. Yeah, there is a gallery in in Torrey, right on the Main Street there. Yeah. Yeah, it's a really neat spot. Okay, yeah, I haven't been there in a few years. I, I used to love going to Capitol Reef, mm-hmm. so um, mm-hmm. I'll have to get back there. But um, when you're painting or getting your inspiration, is there, some, is there something that one word that might describe your art? Or a, a few words. A few words. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah one word well, is a little tough. Uh, well, it's tough because I, it's, it's, it's eclectic, I would say, just in the, not in the one word to describe it, but as far as what I mean, between my ceramics and my painting. And I would say, I know what, I, I know what word I, I would like it to be, whether or not it really is or not, but um, conspiratorial is a word, um, or perhaps huh. um, irreverent. Is, uh, yeah, yeah. I, mm-hmm. a, a reverent, perhaps conspiratorial. I don't know if I'd use. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, you don't like it. Fun, fun, fun. Yep, yeah, whimsical. Whimsical. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah. Colorful, certainly. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, you mm-hmm. work with lots of big, bold shapes and colors. Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. A, and there is a p- particular series that catches your eye, and it's the bison in, yeah. in various stages of doing things right yeah 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 it's a lot of play on words there um yeah with you know home on the range yeah yeah he's you know cooking on a range and um yeah roaming he's on a mustang and tell me um what kind of art do you like to do here in moab some of your paintings maybe more abstract interpretation of the landscape with bold colors, as I said, mm-hmm. and, and some shapes. Um, is that a particular style? They were saying the fun. Do you try to get that in in every painting? Well, it's funny because I, you know, when I went to art school, and, and you'll, I think you'll hear the majority of artists, I'm just going to make a generalization, but a lot of artists will say art school really messed up their art. And I went to school, and all I wanted to do was make pretty things. Mm-hmm. That was it. Yeah. And I made a really, I will, I will answer your question, by the way. This is one of my long stories. Okay. <laughs> That's okay. And so I, 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 want, I made a dragon. I made this beautiful 
dragon out of ceramics. And I sat down at my, and he was just really cool looking. And I sat down at my first critique. And uh, we go around the room and everyone's like, yeah, it's a nice dragon, but uh, what's it mean? I'm like, what do you mean? What does it mean? It doesn't mean anything. It's just a dragon. You know, <laughs> like I did, I was really bummed and I got criticized for the fact that he was just a pretty dragon. And it, it, I, en- I ended right. up, I ended up giving him a sword. And uh, so he was stabbing himself. So he's just committing oh, suicide. No. And that was the end of me making pretty things. And so huh. my, as far as landscapes and most of my work, I, I really try and have something more than just the picture. Mm-hmm. Because I, I learned in school, for better or for worse, that the idea is more important than the art itself. Mm-hmm. And there are some artists that don't even do the work themselves. They, I mean, if you look at Jeff Koons, he doesn't make anything. He mm-hmm. just comes up with an idea and he hires other people to, to fabricate it and to make it. And so hmm. I try. So as far as my landscapes, it's been really difficult for me to live in a community where plan air and landscapes and making pretty things and um, it... it it's just a pretty picture and I it's it's not me so I don't haven't felt like I fit in so I've tried I've tried with these kind of more whimsical fun things to to find a balance there well you know I think that's probably a challenge that most artists here in Moab face and I've I've asked several artists over the years questions like what do you what do you paint for fun or come at it another way what's your market who who are you marketing or producing your paintings for and i think most will admit and i've had this conversation very recently with a number of other artists that you have to produce the landscapes and uh, those scenic vistas in your paintings or the arches because that's what people want to buy. When they're here, when they're going home, they say, oh, that re- that, that, that's our trip to arches. So the more abstract painting of, say, the three gossips may really fulfill you and what you're you're trying to do, but it may not be what the market is looking for here so that that's something probably all artists have to deal with at some point in their career Uh, i would say there are probably few who can just go out and just do what they really love like or big cans of campbell soups or something yeah they say they say about two percent 2% 2% of artists are actually able to be 100% artists as in terms of um, just yeah, creating what they want. Really? Um, yeah, I, ha- it, I have read that. Yes. It, it's that mm-hmm. small a percentage. It's that small of a percentage. Hmm. And so, but I, and even then I wonder, can you really truly say you're making what you want? I mean, we, we're such a product of our environment and those mm-hmm. things that have influenced us along the way. How much of it's really me? I mean, mm-hmm. when I look back at the person before I went to school, had I not had that experience, what would I be making today? And so it's definitely influenced what I even like. I understand it now. I understand that the importance of having a piece of artwork that when you look at it at one point in your life, it changes five years later what you see um, 
to me, the the art becomes it's of greater value. I um, you know yeah, it's funny. I I was while you were just talking, I I was thinking back. Um, my early school days as well, when we would do poetry in in, in English class. Uh, I'll say right off the top, I hated it. You know, it was. It, it just wasn't me. But how you had you had to read these long poems, and then you had to interpret what was what was happening, and it was like I don't know what did this author was trying to say, and and I just read something um, about a, an artist, um, in probably one of the two percent, uh, <laughs> who was asked ab- about one of his paintings, and and everybody was. Does this mean? And you know, and he said, "No, I just happened to like that cat, and that's why I paid." You know, it was that's uh-huh. what it was. You know, yeah. there was no meaning behind it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so mm-hmm. uh, it's it's interesting, but uh, that then can constrain an artist what they produce. You know, if they, if 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 you let it, yeah, if, absolutely. If you, if you let it, if you let it, because yeah. I try and I try and make that balance. Because I I'm trying to make a living at it. It's as much a business for me. I'm not retired, and so it, I, I I mean, yeah, a lot of my ceramics are pretty much um, what I believe Taurus swine and clearly from the amount that they buy it. I mean, I make arches and I make magnets and I make ornaments with arches on them and with the date on them, and so I. I definitely cater, but mm-hmm. that, that's, you know, that's half of what I do. Right, right. Um, Tell me about your ceramics. Um, I saw, again, I saw, it's, um, you're one of the featured artists at the um, gallery this month, and I know there was reception, and I was over there, and I did see some of, of your ceramics. It, describe those for our listeners. Um, I do a lot of slab work, which means I roll clay out um, into a flat, like I kind of think of it as fabric, like a piece of fabric, and then I cut out shapes in in that flat clay, and then I build build it up. So there are these hollow shapes, like the shape of a mountain or the shape of a mesa. Um, I used to do um, animals, more abstracted animals, and then on those uh, shapes I carve out um, landscape designs, arches and more mesas and rivers and mountains and mm-hmm. um, and some of them yeah. now are more three dimensional. Yeah, I call them collage, ceramic collages. Ceramic collage. collage. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, where I just build up, I build up the shapes, and I think that just kind of complements the the landscape paintings that I've been doing. They they really do. It's it's just the same thing. Only mm-hmm. I do it a two dimensional. Versus a three-dimensional, I just just playing around mm-hmm. with the dimensions mm-hmm. and the material. Yeah, well, they're yeah. pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. Thanks, uh, thank you. So, um, who were some of the artists that perhaps have inspired you? If there's any, whether there's some here in Utah or, uh, you know, earlier in your career that you said, "Wow, I like their art." Yeah. I mean, I have, there is, when I started this down this landscape path, I did, I've done quite a bit of um, research to try and find out where I could fit. And I, I really liked, um, it's called the Group of Seven, and they're out of Canada. And so it's, a, it's, it's probably mid-19th century g- group of Canadian artists that wanted to have a 
art all their own. And they, um, one in particular, Lauren Harris, he kind of reminds me a little bit of Ed Mel, who's a Western, famous mm. Western. And I, I like that. It's more, I want to say it's, it's just more whimsical. It's not, it's not realistic. It's mm-hmm. just fun and colorful. And um, yeah, that's, I would say. Okay. And then Hedda, Hedda Stern, she just was part of that New York school back in the 40, 1940s. And just all that. She, only because she, she was a woman among all these men that, had, that were just kind of pushing art forward, modernism forward. Oh, so, okay. Anyway, it's huh. just a, yeah, okay. I really okay. liked her. Not necessarily her work. She, she was across movements. You know, she was doing surrealism and ex- abstract expressionism. And so she did all kinds of stuff. Mm. But mostly it was just the fact that she was a female in this all-male environment and, and managed to succeed. Well, so it's awesome. Yeah, okay. yeah, absolutely. Anyway, so um, are there some medium uh, that some media that you would like to try that you haven't? You oil paint, watercolor. Do you do? I don't oil paint. I do acrylic. Um, acrylic. I, yeah. yeah, I'm curious. A little curious about oil paint. But, right. Um, but not yet. Or no. You know what? I got. I got. I got a lot to master still. <laughs> ah. <laughs> my own stuff, much less to take on something else. I mean, I'd like to do a little bit more multimedia, like maybe metal. And I'd like to. Mm. Um, I've been thinking about I, the USU Moab is going to start offering um, some welding certificate, a welding certificate program. And I thought that might oh. be kind of interesting to incorporate some metal into my work. Sure, so um, get do some sculpture. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, hmm. with the painting because it's another potential flat surface that you can you can turn into three D, but then also um, paint on. So I like that. So we'll see. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I know I've talked to you a little bit off offline. Um, how would you describe the art scene here in Moab right now? I've dwelled on our conversation mm-hmm. <laughs> about mm-hmm. the art scene in Moab, and I, I would describe it as um, full of potential. Mm-hmm. I think there is so much here for an artist. It just was going to take a lot of initiative, a lot of initiative and organization and finding it. Just, there's, you can completely re-identify yourself here. Yeah, I think it's mm-hmm. a, there's great things can happen. It's just, you just have to look for it instead of waiting for it to happen to you. Mm-hmm. You've, you've got to go out and make it happen. Yeah, I, and I think, as you said, there's so much potential here. I know that the city now with the uh, rap tax that's going to be coming out uh, fairly soon, I'm, I'm actually on that, um, that committee. So there's a lot that's gelling or seems to be gelling and coming together. Um, whether we would be uh, Santa Fe or Taos, I don't, I, don't, I don't see us becoming that kind of temp, but we're very different location and, and everything. But there are certainly so many talented artists here in, in Moab, the county, um, and the, in the region, just across going into Colorado, we're going to be hearing about what they're doing out uh, near Naturita. So there is a lot going on, and hopefully um, that will continue to grow in, in the future. So who is, let me, I haven't asked this question before of guests, but who's Great. the one artist, um, living or dead, um, 
who you would like to have met or perhaps worked for or had the opportunity to have dinner with? Who is, is there an artist? Absolutely. Who, yeah? Yep. And who do you think it is? Dr. Seuss. Dr. Seuss, I love it. I love it. In a heartbeat, I would, I would love to yep, spend some quality time with Dr. Seuss. Man what? is a genius. Well, you know, next time, next mm-hmm. time I interview you, we're gonna, um, you're going to be restricted to 36 words <laughs> or something. And you're going to have to, and, and you'll have to, you know, develop the whole, your, all your responses with only those 36 words. Rhyming words. I love it. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, anyway, um, how do people find out more about uh, Sherry Michaud and her art? Well, just uh, swing by Gallery Moab or Tumbleweed. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and there's uh, I've got lots of work out there, and um, yeah. And you must have a web page that they can go check the the work out. And what is that? Yes, it's um, just my my first name and my last name. So it's www.sherrymichaud.com. And um, I don't. I mostly just sell prints through my what. Not not a lot of originals, and I don't sell any ceramics online. But all my work oh, you is don't. on there. Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. But as far as if you wanted to see pictures, but before you went shopping, um, you could go see everything. Why is that? Why don't you sell the ceramics? You know, I kind of like the idea of the fact that people have to be in Moab. Mm, okay. To, to have a piece. Okay. So. Well, yeah, yeah mm-hmm. that makes sense. If yeah. you want this, you got to get gotta over here. here. You can't get so, it online. So get so off come to your, Moab. Yep. Get off your <laughs> darn couch <laughs> and drive on over to Moab. Yep, absolutely. Well, Sherry, I want to thank you so much for joining us here today on Art Talks. Um, I appreciate you taking the time. Yeah, thanks, Richard. It was a pleasure. Well, thanks, and we will talk to you again. Okay, thanks. If you're just joining us, you're listening to KZMU Art Talks, and I'm your host, Richard Codd. If you were listening, we just had Sherry Michaud from a local Moab artist talking about uh, her art. And now what I'd like to do is play our interview that I had with uh, Natalie Binder. She's one of the owners of the new Camp V uh, out in Van Corum, Colorado. Camp V was founded on the premise that combining world-class art and the outdoors would attract people from far and wide and help bring art to rural communities. We, my wife and I, visited Camp V a few weeks ago to see what was going on out there regarding their art and all the music activities that they've held and are planning for the future. Just to give you, uh, if you've ever driven over towards Naturita, it's on, it's on your right just before you make that, stops, that stop sign. Um, you make that turn. And they have a really interesting history about how that uh, camp came into existence. So um, let's, let's hear from uh, Natalie Binder from Camp V. I am here now at Camp V with Natalie Binder. Natalie is the owner of this amazing camp out near Naturita. And I'm here today to talk with her about the facility and their focus on the arts. And that's what really interested me today. So, um, 
Welcome, Natalie, to KZMU. Thank you. Thanks for making the drive. Oh, it's it's my (laughs) pleasure. So, so tell me about you know I've driven past here and never knew what was going on. But so tell me all about this. So we hear that often, um, especially because. Part of Camp V, formerly known as Van Corum, is up on the hill. So when you're driving along the highway, you often can only see what's down there on the river. And so um, Camp V was established in 1942 by the Vanadium Corporation of America, which is how they got the name Van Corum. That's their initials. And it was built to house the engineers who were working in the nearby uranium mill that were part of the Manhattan Project. Oh, really interesting. It's a lot of shared history between that yeah. and Moab that, that, that people will that will recognize. So yeah, so this was a uranium boom town, um, as much of this area was. And this was built to house the engineers. So it was actually affectionately called Snob Hill because that's where the higher ups lived. And then down below, what you'll often pass when you are coming from Moab is um, where the, the workers lived. And so that was called the Flat Tops. And so this is where the higher-ups lived, and then this is down below is where more of the laborers lived. So that's no longer part of the property. Mm. So anyway, so it's funny. People still call it Snob Hill today. It's actually written like on our power bills and whatnot. But they modeled this after an East Coast Main Street because the engineers that were coming were coming from the East Coast. And out here in this remote area, they wanted them to feel at home. Mm. So you'll notice that this, uh, the way that the cabins are built with these, um, you know, trees that are now over 80 years old, it's it's meant to feel like a New England Main Street. Interesting. And so the cabins you bu- you bought them, you've rehabbed them all, and now it's um, you can come stay here for a week. Uh, Overnight? Yeah, so um, we bought the property five years ago. I have other investors and partners. Um, My partners are uh, Bruce and Jody Wright of One Architects out of Telluride. So uh, we purchased the land five years ago. It's 120 acres, so it encompasses that portion down on the river and the San Miguel and the pond, and then the the cabins up above, and then there's a a parcel up top. And um, not only did we go in and restore these cabins, which is actually one of the last pieces of history that exists from that era, because many of the things that were built during that time were contaminated, either through foundation, backfill, or just the activity that was going on around it. Mm -hmm. This is actually one of the few sites that was not contaminated, did not have any of those materials introduced. Mm -hmm. So it's really one of the, um, I think, an important part of that history that, that we felt like was really important to, to restore. So not only did we restore these cabins, we completely gutted them, found all sorts of funny things in the walls. Um, we put them back together. But we knew that by doing this, we needed to have a much, a much broader mission. And that mission was to bring art to rural community. As these communities transition away from uh, things like coal, there was a coal-fired power plant that recently closed down here, which was 70% of the job base you know, so as some of these extraction communities evolve away from mining, we feel as though that future is rooted in art and outdoor recreation, and that rural communities deserve as much access to world-class art and programming as more urban or affluent areas do. And so that's why we made this our mission to to not only restore this piece of history, but but to do it with something that was going to bring it into the future. And one of the ways that we honored the past was a lot of the pieces that you'll see here actually came out of the power plant as it was closing. So we were able to meet with 
the uh, the gentleman who was helping dismantle it, and he said, you know, you might want to come look at these pieces because they're just going to get melted down to be turned, you know, for the steel price. And so the pieces that you actually see down below when you're driving along the road, those are old cooling tower fans that have been made into art pieces. People who are familiar with the mining industry see those and say, oh, wow, I remember working at the plant. That's an old cooling tower fan. Whereas for, for someone that is not familiar with that, they're like, what is this art? And so that was something that we wanted to be very approachable. The pieces that you see in the middle of the field also came from there. Um, the window that we've formed that looks up at the open air water tank, which also has an art installation in it, um, is an old piece that came out of the power plant. And then actually we found this, uh, this other large piece. Um, it, it took a year to manufacture. It was about $250,000 when it was made. It was a backup piece that had never been used in the power plant. And, it, and the, the dynamics of it just were like a perfect fire pit because it's a, it's a mm. real well type piece. So that was something that we were proud of sort of creating our own art out of pieces that came out of this mining history. And that's really what kicked off uh, that that mission of of introducing the art into a place that people can come and and, and stay and vacation and get away or uh, you know travel well, to that that is really really interesting and and just thinking back to that this is where the Manhattan Project engineers some of them were working so there's there is that whole history here similar to Moabs with their uranium. Absolutely. So um, tell me more about, I liked what you said about bringing the arts to rural areas. That's something that um, we try to do in Moab as well. And this is even more remote <laughs> than Moab. Mm-hmm. So um, t- tell me about the kind of art and some of the artists who you have uh, here. Yeah. And so I'll start off, first off by saying that I grew up in rural Wyoming. And so that was really a big inspiration for the desire to do this because I, I didn't grow up uh, surrounded by that many art opportunities. And it's interesting to think about maybe how how my life would have been different or changed had I been, you know, it was a, it was a much later age. And Are so, you an artist? Did, I, don't, I, don't, I don't call myself an artist, right. but I... I, I I hope to say that I've got some creative bones in me, but um, I, I, and I like to think everyone is an artist. Actually, really, everyone has it within them. Uh, it's really just whether or not you, you know, have the time to. Well, just looking around <laughs> at some of the pieces, you if if you don't create your own art, you're certainly attuned. Yeah. So art. I surround myself with some. Some really inspiring creative, uh, creative folks. So, but yeah, we actually we work a lot uh, with a, a lot of Moab artists. I would say I, I've one thing with this project that I've been so um, impressed by is the artist community that you do have in Moab that I didn't know existed prior to this project. And so uh, we've collaborated a lot with uh, DJs, with um, fire artists. You have some amazing like aerialists and fire spinners and climbers that, uh, that are coming out of Moab. And so um, we have met such an incredible community that has come and helped support our arts and music festival that we have here. So actually today we just released tickets to Planet V, which is our annual music and arts gathering celebration 
and that's over Memorial Day, and so it'll be May 26th to the 29th of 2023. But that's an amazing collaboration between um, the fire spinners that are coming out of Moab and DJs and also just visual artists. There's such an incredible talent pool there. Um, we obviously collaborate with a lot of Telluride artists because of our proximity and, and because of my time there. And we also have done an artist in residency program where we've had artists from LA, um, the Bay area, and, and then of course some, some local folks that have come in and done that. So tell me about that. Tell me a little bit about the artist in residency. Yes. Is that, do you advertise? Is it open? We do. Yeah. When, 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 when we host them, we do open that up and advertise it. We're getting ready to do one for the winter. So we'll, we'll release that, uh, probably early next year, but we started in an arts nonprofit called we arts or West end arts, because we, when we started the project, we saw that there, that there wasn't that nonprofit that existed. Like we've seen in a community like Telluride. And so, uh, we actually came under the fiscal umbrella of Telluride arts, to help us launch this. And so we arts, um, host not only the artist in residency that we do, but a lot of the programming that we do year round. And so for our artist in residency, it's open to anyone to apply to. We provide a stipend. They're typically here for four to eight weeks, depending on the medium. And the goal is that they've got to create something that stays here with the property, but they've also got to do something that uh, brings in the community. So one of our first artists in residence actually came from New York, from the New York Academy of Art, the Indy Warhol uh, founded, and she was an incredible landscape artist. And so she did a painting with plants class. And that was something that was open and free to the community. But what we also want to do when these artists come here is spread that love into the community and that inspiration and that teaching so that they're not just sort of insular up here and not getting that breadth of, of inspiring people in the community to, to be exposed to the arts. Hmm. Hmm. Well, I'm, I'm really glad to hear that... Um you recognize and appreciate all the fine artists that are over in Moab and Grand County mm -hmm. in that area. Yeah, it's incredible. Yeah, yeah. So um, where do you see, you've owned it for five years, where, where do you see the art component going? I, I know looking around there are several sculptures. Are you, are you adding more each year? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, within this five years, it's been, um, you know, an interesting journey. We've only been open a year and a half. So, oh, I see. Yeah. Okay. So a lot of that was design and development and figuring out, you know, and then raising the money, of course. So it was, it, it was an interesting, um, an interesting process, but yeah, so we're a year and a half in from being open and, uh, yeah, the arts is at the forefront of almost everything that we do. We do a front porch music series where we're bringing in some incredible music performances that are free to this community. And keep in mind that there are some kids from this community who have never had the opportunity to see live music in their backyard. And so that's an art form that's very important to us that we'll continue to cultivate. Uh, because of our nonprofit, we're able to uh, apply for grants and have received some very generous grants that help us that help us do that. In terms of the you know the bigger visual arts, um, that's also something that we go and fundraise for. And so we're constantly in conversation with artists or I'm scouring, going to places like Art Basel or Burning Man and talking to um, 
not only up and coming artists, but very established artists about coming to this community and doing things. So a lot of these are, it's a relationship and it's a community that we're building just as much of the art. So a lot of it's about timing and about when that relationship makes sense. You know, one challenge we have with being so remote is that um, it's not easy for someone from LA to just bring their sculpture here. So there's a lot of logistics involved in that and time off of work for them. So um, oftentimes we're keeping the relationship open to see maybe when either they'll be traveling through or when there's a break in their schedule. So, uh, yeah, we, you know, the, the art is, um, you know, one of our mm-hmm. biggest sort of pillars of, of Camp V. So it's something that, you know, we hope each time people come here, they see something a little yeah. bit different. Yeah. And, uh, you mentioned Burning Man and I know you have a sculpture here from Burning Man. Tell me mm-hmm. about that. Yeah. So that was actually our first, uh, Artist in residence, um, Robert Hohen, who actually was uh, from Los Angeles, and I had met him at my Burning Man camp, and he said, and this is often the case with many of these pieces, he said, it's just sitting in storage and no one's, you know, able to, to, to bring joy from this or to see it or to view it, and so he said, let's, let's put it up out here, and it's interesting, Burning Man has art that's only up for, you know, 7 to 14 days. And when you talk about trying to duplicate that out in these elements where we have snow and mm-hmm. wind and sun, um, it, it was sort of interesting. But yeah, so that was our first piece. And it's it's really, you know, the, the foundation of a lot of this other art. It kind of, you know, forms that... Um, uh, you know, that first foundation out in the field with some of that other art. And and then, interestingly enough, he ended up relocating to the area, completely getting out of Los Angeles, and now purchased a home in Norwood and is producing art there. So that was really fun to, to sort of be along for his journey of deciding to relocate out here because, you know, of the opportunities that exist here in terms of space, a lot of artists are getting pushed out of the more urban areas because it's harder to get warehouse space. It's more expensive. The cost of living has gone up as it has everywhere. But but out here, they're starting to see the value of the quality of life, but also just the ability to create large-scale art pieces. Oh, and, and, and I know certainly artists, um, when they find a place... Um, Within many years, they can't afford to live there anymore. <laughs> um, so, yeah, this this could be an option f- for people. We were talking about um, how Moab is just getting so expensive mm-hmm. now. Um, even to do an event, we're working on a plain air event, but to get artists to come into town yeah, during the peak for them season to stay for the is two hundred or more a mm-hmm. night. So mm-hmm. it's you know where those rooms a few years ago were sixty five dollars or a right. hundred dollars right. now it's tough to find right. those and and you know and Telluride's having the same issue with their with their festivals and with their you know um, different various events that they've got to bring people in for lodging and so. You know, for us, um, this project was really important to keep it accessible um, for people. And so that's why we offer camping. There's the glamping, there's the airstreams, there's the cabin stays, so that we feel that we can be as inclusive as possible because at the very least, if people have got access to 
a tent or the ability to sleep in their car, you know, they could still come to the property for $30 a night and enjoy the same amenities. Oh, that's what I was going to ask you. What what are the rates um, here? I know you said you have camping, so I know you have hookups. Yep. So somebody can come and do yeah, that. Yeah, so we've got full hookups. Yeah, they, I think the cabin rates are a great value for the quality of them. Uh, during our slower time, they start at 165 a night for the mm-hmm. studio cabins and the two bedrooms that have, you know, two queens. Um, are closer to 225 mm-hmm. and it goes up just a bit in the high season but mm-hmm. i think compared to our surrounding communities it's an incredible value and you get this ability to to really enjoy the dark sky and the peace and quiet and one thing about the art is that you know we're talking during the day but at night is really when this place comes alive in terms of the the art pieces because they do have a bit of that Burning Man flair. They're focused on lights. I saw the sparklers. <laughs> the or that's what lights. I call them. <laughs> and I would name. love to see those at night. Yeah. So, I mean, the dandelions are one of my favorite pieces. Um, that actually came out of a mutual friend of ours, Burning Man Camp as well. He's They're now in Aspen and at some really world-recognized music festivals. So we feel pretty fortunate that these now live out here but yeah those come alive the tank has um you know different different lights that come on them we have an incredible led light sculpture that's in one of the tanks that you have to get inside at night of course the chapel lights up but also all of these trees have different spotlights and different colors of lights that come on them so it's it's a different experience for uh for people that want to get into nature but then also want to have an artful experience at night and and if you arrive here at night you're going to have a completely different experience in the morning when you see it. Yeah, I was just I was just thinking I need an excuse to come back at night but <laughs> yes. maybe we'll do that so that I could see I Absolutely. get the full effect. Yeah. Um, because I th- it would be completely different. I've, I saw yeah, your pictures in, on your website about yeah. how they look at But night. to get the full effect, I think with the sounds that you hear and the and really the quietness in a lot of respects, and by sounds I mean you pick up any sound because it's so quiet and the dark sky and and you know we are in a dark sky preserve. It just it's a it's a completely unique experience that you won't get staying in a more urban yeah. setting. Yeah. Yeah. Where do you think um, Camp V will be in five or ten years? What, what, what do you? Th- Gosh, what, I what mean, our vision see? is as a is as a thriving, you know, outdoor and and arts community. We we were very fortunate and we're grateful that we just received a grant from the state of Colorado, Colorado Creative Arts Industries for two million dollars, and there's an existing home on the property that was built by the previous owner. And with this grant money, we're going to be able to turn it into an indoor-outdoor event space that will host gallery and artist in residencies with employee housing and a greenhouse. And so this facility is going to allow us to um, offer much more services to the community in terms of after-school programming and visiting workshops. And, you know, so that vision is that there's much more art programming and with this facility, um, you know, we'll have the space to be to, to do that a little bit more year round, but also to your point, to plan for some of that housing. And so we also have five units of um, employer artist housing that will go along with that. And I hope that, you know, when people think of, um, you know, places that they want to visit in terms of that are arts inspired, that we'll be top of list. 
Well, I'm 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 amazed. I'm just so happily surprised <laughs> about what what's taking place here. Um, Thank you. I, I, I think it's it's absolutely incredible, and the opportunities that you're providing for artists, musicians, all all, all elements of the art. Um, so. Uh, I want to thank you for spending the time with me today. Oh, my pleasure. Um, Thanks for making the trip. Oh, yeah. How, how do people get in touch with oh, you? Oh, yes. For more information. Yes. And for more information, our website is campv.com. You can also find us on Instagram at campvco. We try to keep it interesting and post lots of inspiring and, and fun pictures. But yeah, or stop in and, and visit us. We're open year round with the cabins. I think it's, an, it's a great place to come and just escape, but also to feel inspired or just to reset. And I think oftentimes we don't give ourselves permission to just do nothing and especially <laughs> to stay creative. Um, you know, that's one thing that we hope people will really get out of when they, when they come here is that they, they leave feeling a little more filled up and not, and not drained. Well, uh, again, is there a phone number or, or just do Oh yeah, sure. The, yeah, yeah. Our phone number is 970-369-9520. You can also text us at that number, but we love getting calls. Uh, and the website is live; it has live booking, so it's very easy to find us, to come visit us, or to stay in touch with us. Well, Natalie, I want to thank you. And uh, if you're interested in finding out more about Camp V, uh, you go to the internet or get in your car, drive out here to Natcharita. <laughs> It's an absolutely gorgeous drive mm, from Moab. Really and then when you get here, be <laughs> ready to be uh, welcomed and and surprised. <laughs> so uh, again, Natalie, Natalie Binder, I want to thank you for thank uh, you. joining us here today on Art Talks with KZMU. Thank you so much. Well, that was my interview from a few weeks ago out at Camp V. I wanted to mention something here that is taking place. The Moab Arts Council uh, has been in an, in an existence, geez, I guess it was first incorporated in 1987. And they are in the process of, I'll say, reconstituting. I mean, they've always been there, but um, they are seeking new board members. So... There will be an announcement uh, in the Moab Sun, the Times Independent, and the Advertiser seeking individuals who may be interested in becoming a member of the Arts Council. And basically, the Arts Council is an umbrella organization that provides grants and other resources, not-for-profit organizations or individuals. So um, it's exciting chance to to get right involved in the Moab arts community and to uh, help make it grow. So if you're interested, uh, keep your eye out for an announcement. It, as I said, in the Sun, in the Times, or the Moab Advertiser, all you basically will have to do is send a letter of interest to the Arts Council. So if you want to read about what they've done um, in the past, their their website's a little dated, but um, it's moabartscouncil.org. You can check that out. So finally, for today, uh, this, you, this is Richard Codd with Art Talks. And I want to thank my guest today, Sherry, 
uh, Michelle, uh, Natalie Binder, who we just heard. And I want to thank the listeners uh, for tuning in today. And, you know, this is Thanksgiving. You know, remember that uh, holidays can be stressful and depressing at times for some individuals. Reach out to a family member or a friend who you know may be experiencing some difficulties. And just let them know that you care for them. You know, a friendly voice might be just what they need to hear to help them through the holidays. So if you have a friend who you know might need some cheering up, just give them a call. I want to thank you again for joining us here on Art Talks. Remember, you can join us on Monday, December 19th for our annual Christmas special. Until then, uh, this is Richard Codd for Art Talks. You can hear Art Talks on the airwaves at KZMU every third Monday of the month at 4 p.m.